Choose your player. That was my uh, impersonation of a goose and a foghorn into the calming, soothing stylings of my voice. (laughs) Um, uh, Welcome, everyone, to an unlocked, a follow-up. I don't know what to call these yet, but I like kind of unlocked. We're going to unlock summer vacation. I like unlocked. I like that a lot. Joining me on today because Rachel's birthday is today. Uh, hashtag when is what? Who knows when you're listening to this? I'm not giving away Rachel's birthday. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's her birthday, so she's taking it off. And I have my sister, Sefi. Hello. How are we doing? Hello. We are here. And we that is an accomplishment. Are here. I mean, like, it's like we are the future. We are the... I don't want to... Is that the song? I don't You're sure? Song. Okay, cool. Well, uh, everyone, Welcome we to are chaos. here to chat. Welcome to the uh, we, are, <laughs> we are here to chat about last week's episode, which was Summer Vacation, Allison's Nerdy Obsession. Uh, and it was really funny because I recorded that with her way before Summer Vacation even started. And she had all these plans. And so like, I followed her on Instagram and everything like that, watching her through this vacation extravaganza that she went on this year and it was really cool to watch that too but yeah so vacation. What did, what did you think of uh her episode i actually really loved it it was very it was again it was like um it was like the figure skating episode it was very nostalgic feeling for me because it was like it, it throw back to all of the summer vacations and stuff during school because i definitely don't get summer vacations now with my job (laughs) (laughs) people don't stop getting sick just for summer vacation (laughs) (laughs) so but i i really enjoyed it you could tell like her joy in spending all of that time just having fun and doing all that stuff is so palpable when she talks about it and i love it I love it a lot. It made me really curious, though, to think like how teachers differ from person to person, you know, Mm. when it comes to summer vacation, because my best friend is a teacher and she definitely does not do what Allison does. (laughs) But again, she has extenuating circumstances. So I was I was going to say, like, your 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 best friend also has children. Right. And Allison is a single a single person. So, like, she does have that freedom to go out and do something versus plan around children children so. exactly children exactly <laughs> children and four dogs and just everything everything <laughs> all the things uh, <laughs> did um did you learn anything uh specific about summer stuff the nerdy knowledge i was the most proud of in this episode because <laughs> i think it was the most educational of any of the nerdy <laughs> knowledges that i have ever put out there Okay, so I'm going to be completely honest. Oh, no. I was like half listening to the nerdy knowledge part because I was doing my research on the thing I want to talk about. 
during that time. So. Oh, okay. Well, for those of you who listen to it, I'm giving myself a pat on the back. I think I did an excellent job. So go back and listen to it. You'll learn that the Eiffel Tower grows during the summertime. Okay, that That's was super, super interesting. I did not know that. So that uh, is yeah. that is an interesting thing. Well, there's going to be a lot of things in the nerdy knowledge that you didn't know. Um, but actually, since this is your episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> actually, one of the thing I want to talk about was mentioned during the nerdy knowledge part. So, oh, intriguing. Well, go for it. Take it away. Okay. So, I first of all, I was very disappointed in you and the fact that you didn't know who else was at the house with Mary Shelley and Lord Byron with your because your sister is a literature major. Well, okay. <laughs> I looked it up before and I and I like I knew I was going to get in trouble, but I did look it up before. But what okay. who was it? It was well, it was actually multiple other people. It wasn't just three, but it was it was Lord Byron, Mary Shelley, and her husband, Percy by Shelley. And then um, Who's who's that for the for the listeners? He is a poet. He was okay. a poet. He was a poet. There none of them are alive. Um <laughs> and then and then it was um actually uh Lord Byron's doctor friend, uh John William Poldori, who was also there, and then a few other people. Um But I, so this is what I wanted to talk about because until it was brought up, I had totally forgot that that all of that had happened with Mary Shelley writing Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Oh my God. Frankenstein. (laughs) Sorry. I went young Frankenstein there for a second. Yeah, Yeah, you did. (laughs) Um, I forgot that that had happened in the year without a summer. Like I forgot Mm -hmm. that that's when it happened. And so I went deep dive onto the, into the year without a summer, like all of the stuff about it, I just looked it up because I thought it was fascinating. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot that. Let me look into that some more. And it's actually just everything that happened is so interesting. So it it happened in 1816, which was the, the year after the volcano actually erupted. It erupted in Indonesia in 1815. And um, it the most significant thing is that it dropped worldwide ground temps by 0.7 to one degree Fahrenheit, which is extreme. Yeah. Um, and it was dubbed a volcanic winter. So like, you know, the whole idea of like a nuclear winter or whatever, it was kind of the same idea, but it was called by caused by this multitude of volcanic ash in the atmosphere. And Mm. it affected Asia, Europe, and even the Eastern part of of North America. Like that's how far it reached. Um, and it was actually dubbed by uh, historian John D post as the last great subsistence crisis in the Western world. Um, like he, he's deeming it even worse than like the dust bowl during the great depression because it affected so many different areas of the world. Um, for instance, in Asia, it, messed with their monsoon seasons. So a lot of places had late later starting monsoon seasons. So their rainfall was not adequate for when they needed it to grow their crops. So they had a ton of crop failures, a ton of famine. Um, In China, they actually had snow reported in Taiwan, which is a tropical climate. Yeah. (laughs) That's unheard of. Um, the, The monsoon season starting so late in India caused a cholera outbreak that spread from the Ganges River in the Bengal region of India all the way to Moscow. That's nuts. I know. I know. And um, 
it said that wow. it this occurred at the end of the Little Ice Age, so the world was already cold, colder than it should be to sustain life. Um, yeah. And it was cooling at the moment, so it was like at the end of the Little Ice Age, so still pretty cool, still kind of cooling down before it heated up again. And it actually was experiencing low solar activity. So already the sun wasn't heating the earth enough to warm it back up. So on top of that. it just blocked it out more. Exactly. Uh Exactly. Crazy. Yeah. And this. Good thing thing the world wasn't how it is now. Well, I don't know. Maybe if it happened in the world now, we would have different things. Because I feel like we've learned to take care of ourselves indoors more. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's possible. You just don't know because that stuff, yeah. I mean, it's been a while since an eruption like that has caused such a problem. Well, I mean, they did have that eruption in Iceland a few years ago, um, but it didn't cause a problem like this one did. Um, yeah. But let's see, what else does it say? So in Europe, again, it was a lot of crop failure, um, but they were still reeling from the Napoleonic Wars So there were still food shortages from that. So on top of, so with that, and then the crops failing, there's no food anywhere. Mm. Like people Mm -hmm. from Wales, families from Wales were like going really far distances to beg for food because they just didn't have any. Um, they, They had like in Ireland, the wheat, oat, and potato harvests failed. This is not the potato famine. This is a different different instance (laughs) a different famine a different potato (laughs) famine um and on top of all this because so many crops failed food prices spiked Mm -hmm. like things were double triple the amount that they were the year before and it caused huge like typhus epidemics in europe which killed more than sixty-five thousand people um and it led to food riots which historians claimed um, were the highest level of violence since the French Revolution. I can believe that, yeah. yeah. Right? Well, what I'm learning from all of these facts that you're telling me is summer is a necessary part of the life that yeah. we live. <laughs> well, okay. You and I grew up in the Midwest. And what is the mm-hmm. saying for crops in the Midwest? Uh, 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 corn knee high by the 4th of July. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. And if it's not... <laughs> then you don't have a good corn crop. It's not a, yeah, it's not a good summer. Right. (laughs) And it seems like from what, from my research, it seems like corn and grain were affected the most. Mm -hmm. Um, So like a lot of places ran out of bread. I think they mentioned that uh, Canada ran out of bread and milk. So in Quebec, so they had to uh, like boil herbs for sustenance. (laughs) Um, I think one of, there's another interesting thing I found that there was, because it was so cold, there was an ice dam that formed in Switzerland and they, in, in the process of trying to drain the lake, it ended up breaking up and killing 40 people. Like, right. So like, not to mention like the deaths that the initial eruption probably caused, but like all of the deaths Mm -hmm. from the, the following events, Mm were Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. devastating. Um, What I do think is so interesting is how it affected the Eastern United States because it's so far from the initial, like the center of all Mm -hmm. of this. Um, That said that the spring and summer of 1816, there was a dry fog that was experienced over the Western US that didn't dissipate 
with wind or rain. Like it just hung there in the air. Gross. Right? And it's all full of volcanic ash and nastiness. Yeah, it's thick. Right? Yeah. It would be, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I love you West Coast listeners, but I'm just going to say this. It would be like walking in L.A., constantly like well probably even thicker than that though i mean la is pretty thick but i would probably even thicker than that yeah yeah so it was so gross Hmm. um they had they had uh frost and snow in may and june um specifically like it said june 9th 1816 the ground froze in upstate new york um in august of 1816 there was frost reported as far south as virginia (laughs) um see oh my favorite little tidbit that i found was the temperature swings were super dramatic on the eastern coast of the u.s they would go from normal and above normal summer temps to freezing in a matter of hours it's like weird you're saying all of this but then i'm like well that's kind of what's happening in the world today minus the hours bit right (laughs) right And the thing that, so I, it it kind of talked about one of the articles I was looking at, it talked about how this time period affected art as well. So specifically the night that Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein and Lord Byron wrote, he wrote a poem called A Fragment, which was used by his doctor friend Polidori um, as a source for the story, The Vampire which was a precursor mm. to Bram Stoker's Dracula. So Dracula was pretty much influenced by this time Connected, period. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they had, let's see, there a lot of paintings showed the time period. Um, they showed a specific artist, and I can't remember who it was uh, off the top of my head, but they showed one of his paintings from before that year, and it was bright, it had mm-hmm. a rainbow, it was very colorful, and then they showed a picture from that year and it was red and hazy and dark and just gloomy so even like it just affected every um avenue of life for everyone which just Mm. fascinated me yeah i can tell (laughs) down the rabbit hole you went i went so far down the rabbit (laughs) hole on this subject (laughs) like i love that it even it even led to the creation of Mormonism because Joseph Smith lived in Vermont at this time. And because of this year, his family ended up moving to New York like a lot of other families because they couldn't because of how the ground was affected and the air quality and all of that mess and how crops are feeling, they couldn't make a living. So they moved to New York and it was around that time when Joseph Smith created the tablets that helped him create Mormonism, which I thought was interesting. (laughs) That is interesting. (laughs) Everything's connected. Everything's connected. And it led to Indiana and Illinois becoming states. Thank you. I love that little history lesson moment. Yeah, because it was just a little blip. That's really cool. Man, that really changed the moment for the life. It changed so much. That was a a great sentence. I love it. The moment for the life. (laughs) Well, that's all. I I didn't have anything, so that was great. Do you have any uh, new recommendations? We can't stop talking. We we can't bring up the Sandman anymore. We brought it up too many times. I know. I know. Got to move on. New recommendations. I do, actually. Um, Again, House of the Dragon. Need to watch it. It's it's fantastic. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> but I also started watching uh, Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings so show. So good. Prime. I watched that too. It's mm-hmm. so good. I'm like, everybody's talking mm-hmm. like, it's so slow. I'm like, it's, why? <laughs> like, yeah. it's got to build so up. Good. It's so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, that was the only other thing I was going to recommend too was the Ring of Power. That's really, it's, it's, it's a good in it's a good in folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I don't have any stuff today. No new reviews. Everyone though, please remember to grow the show. You can uh, rate, review us, uh, share us on the socials. Tell your friends, your family members, your coworkers, somebody that you just love, somebody that you hate. You know, send them this. Somebody that you just met. <laughs> just met maybe who knows you know what you could do you could be like my favorite podcaster he would get into the back of taxis and be like hey we have a podcast here listen and they would that would be perfect and make them listen listen maybe that's what (laughs) i'll do shout out to ben kissel from last podcast on the left (laughs) um uh well with that uh listeners please reach out to us too with your own nerdy obsessions or other things i'm gonna be putting more stuff out on social media to call out but i want you guys to respond to us you can email us at your nerdy at gmail.com but dm us on our socials which is your nerdy o as well as insta twitter and tick tock um next week here we go. I don't got any trivia for this one because it is packed full of trivia. But we are talking about Disney parks next Ooh. week. Yeah, Allie Kern, my friend. Uh, and sh- we specifically dive into Epcot. She truly loves Epcot. So we talk a lot about that I'm one. I'm super excited because that's um, my favorite Disney park. <laughs> yeah. So get excited. But until then, Rachel's not here. So you got to say bye last. <laughs> bye, everyone. Uh, uh. <laughs> Bye. I'm not clever. Rachel's not <laughs> clever. That's perfect. Obsession.